What's up, y'all? This is Kanye West, and that's what's hot on the streets from Hot 97. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. We're talking about women and violence. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter at Lisa Evers. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. If you follow me on Instagram at Lisa Evers Live, you'll see pictures that we're tweeting out live from behind the scenes here in the studio. What we're focusing on is violence against women, relationship and domestic abuse and sexual assault, and being responsible versus blaming the victim. And this controversial issue does what you wear or how you act make you a target? Let us know what you think at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. On Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. Use the hashtag no more and let us know what you think. At Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. Now, the reason we're taking on this topic right now is April, which the month starts this week, is Domestic Violence Awareness. Month, So we're talking about that. And also this past week, the Supreme Court expanded the definition of domestic violence to include pushing, grabbing, shoving, pulling hair and squeezing an arm so hard it causes a bruise. Now, those connected of even uh, convicted of even minor domestic violence charges are banned by federal law from legally buying guns. So the Supreme Court basically is saying that even if it's a misdemeanor conviction, if it involves domestic violence, it's going to be treated the same way as a felony, and you will not be able to legally purchase a gun in the United States. But the real debate we're talking about is not the one in the Supreme Court, although that was very important, but on blogs, social media posts, and in everyday conversations. Do women bear some responsibility for what happens to them? This is a growing stream that is happening of discussion. We're seeing it in a lot of different places. Do some women enable their batterers by staying in the relationship? We're going to talk with our guests about that. If you get blackout drunk, so drunk you can barely stand up and don't even know where you are and get sexually assaulted, do you bear some responsibility for that? Many victims and advocates say a big no to all of that and that the only person to blame is the batterer or the attacker. Other people say it's like a high-risk situation. If you put yourself in high-risk scenarios, bad things are more likely to happen. What do you think about that? Call us now, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Hashtag no more. On Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And I also want to mention, too, I've been talking with people in this field as we were preparing for the show, and I'm hearing that there are definitely more male domestic violence victims, especially among our younger population. We're going to tackle that in a different show. It still remains in terms of statistics, the vast majority of victims are women. So that's what we're focusing on in this episode of Street Soldiers. Joining us right now is Danny I. She's a recording artist and advocate. Danny, thanks for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Talk right in that microphone there. We'll get that. Can you, uh, Drew, help her with that, please? Fix that microphone. Thank you. All right. And uh, also with us is Mayo Campbell. He's a former batterer, 
physically abused his girlfriend, but he has since, this was a number of years ago, he has since turned his life around and he decided to come on the show and talk about this very challenging and difficult period of his life to try and help other people in this situation. So, Miles, thank you very much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Also with us is um, Tina Lee. She's a teen dating violence educator. Tina, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. And also with us is Evelyn Mahill. She is the executive director of the New Jersey nonprofit organization called Winona's House. It's a child advocacy center. And she's also had firsthand experience with abuse and with uh, with sexual assault. Evelyn, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We, we, we really appreciate it. Maya, I want to start with you on this. You told us that uh, you were sent to Rikers. Mm-hmm. This is back in 2005, so this is a while ago. Yes. That you were charged with felony assault, yes. which is pretty serious. That means you injure the person. Yes. And this was a woman you were involved in a relationship with? Yes. Tell us about the, what had happened then. Uh. You and know, you since you're a very different person now from your track record and, very, and what you're doing. Very different. But, but take us back and help us understand for, for those men that are in that situation now. You know, to, to just try to paint uh, a, a clear environment and a clear uh, picture of my mentality in a short amount of time as possible is just like, you know, uh, you can't blame youth because there's a lot of, you know, adults doing it. But I was in uh, an environment and in a, in a culture which said um, that that you have to keep your woman in control. You have to be controlling of all things. Um, uh, and the culture were friends that didn't have a general respect for women anyway. So your woman comes around, they call her a name, and you go along with it. Yeah, she, she's identified by that name, you know? And you don't come to her defense because you gotta be cool in front of your boys. You gotta be the tough guy. And so you, if, as the tough guy, you also, you know, tough on your woman too. And you're keeping her in line and keeping her in check in so many ways. And so there was a mentality. There was immaturity present. There was, you know, uh, an expectancy of violence because that's how me and my homeboys were kind of got together. That's something we all related on. So it, it was just something. Um, it was a brew. You know, it was a, it was a mixture of ingredients to, to make you say, we, you got to keep your woman in line. And you do you know feel I mean? there's also a cultural attitude where that's considered in some areas okay? There's a cultural attitude. And, uh, you know, I noticed that was a different conversation, but I'm going to blame um, a lot of elements of hip hop and, and even pop culture. You know, right now there's a, a popular song out where he's saying eat the cake anime from the popular movie. And it's like it's stuff that's condoned and it's stuff that's forwarded through entertainment and, and, and pop culture. And we you know our youth see this stuff and take it in and our young adults see this stuff and learning how to be men from a culture that misogynizes women and objectifies women and then you turn it around and say well why did he hit her well you just to- you just showed that she's an object over and over and over again why should he respect her and what was the incident that landed you in trouble with the law um the incident, uh, um, I don't, obviously, I'm not going to mention the person's name. No, the, no, we don't want you to. Absolutely yeah, not. But the, you know, the incident was. Um, like, had you been dating a while? Or I, was it I was a new? dating for a, a few years, actually. And, you know, I was in denial that I was abusive over those years until the explosive incident. Because it was like small spats. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, with the pushing and shoving, if you go in that far, if you're getting into a serious pushing and shoving 
altercation, that's abuse. But I, I would I used to excuse that as, oh, it was just a little, she hit me back, so it's not abuse, you know? But it's, no, it's all abuse. So you would it's, say pushing and shoving is like women should be aware. If that's starting, that's... That's a sign. That's the first That's the first sign. That's something you, you need to Absolutely. look at first. I mean, even if he's talking violently, I mean, generally guys that think you can fight other guys, you should be aware of them too because it's just like the, those guys who think that violence is a solution for a problem when it comes to their closest relationships and they have no other way out, that's what they're turning to. All right, I'm going to bring in our other guests in just a moment, but but one other thing, Miles, so the, the incident, the explosive incident that brought this all to a head, what happened? You know, I was um, I, I was cohabitating with a, with a young woman and I... Um, I didn't really have respect for her. I didn't really have respect for our household. Not to say that I didn't care for her, but it was just the general trying to be, uh, it was a general machismo and, and just trying to dominate her household. And, uh, you know, um, we got in a, a huge argument where I couldn't get my way. And I, I really just got um, out of control. There was, there, there was, I'm not excusing myself, but there was a lack of self-control. There was an element where I just stopped I was like, okay, now I have no physical control of the situation. I got to do all in my power to show that I still dominate this situation. I have to do all in my power to show that I still physically control the situation. And what did you end up doing? I start turning off the the power first. That was the I shut down the power to the to the household and uh, and uh, the cops were called at that instance. And then I left the building and then came back when I saw the cops leave. And more enraged now that I knew the cops would call because how dare you call the police on me? And um, I broke back into the apartment because I was now locked out. I broke back in and I I struck the woman with a with a closed fist. uh, And you're uh, and you're a big guy. I'm a pretty big guy. You're like six, what six something? Six four. Six four. And two seventeen. And how big was she? And she was smaller. She was maybe. Uh, I don't remember our height per se, but maybe five, seven, and one something. So, so you hit her once, hit her twice. I hit her once, but it was it was like a, really a stranger person. and a man, and like a it, punch you would throw at a dude on the street. A punch I would throw at a dude on the street that I hated for a long time, and the injury was serious. Right, right to the hospital. I didn't know at the time because I, I immediately after I saw, I was, whoa, what did I do? And fled the scene. And uh, I came back later to find out that she was hospitalized behind it. Um, and there wasn't there wasn't an instant remorse. It set in later, like my goodness, <laughs> uh, my goodness, what did I do? You know. And we're going to pick up that story, and we're going to pick up the story of how you came to to turn your life around, and how that moment became like such an important moment for you in terms of taking responsibility and changing things. I want to bring in our other guests, Evelyn. What about his story sounds familiar to you? Um, a little too familiar. Uh, you know, like I said, I am also you know a survivor of like domestic violence, and so I wanted to say something. You know, you mentioned that the pushing and the shoving is probably one of the first signs, but I would have to say that it's more the verbal abuse. Absolutely. You start noticing the signs when they start trying to control you, when they Sorry. belittle you, when they shame you, when they try to make you feel like you're the cause for so many things. I remember um, when I was being a vic- victimized. 
I remember my abuser used to tell me, why would you make me do this? And I would apologize to him. That's right. And I would say, so I'm he sorry. would blame you for what absolutely. he was doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Usually um, the perpetrators, uh, those that abuse women will blame the woman, especially if you're in the relationship for a long time. I remember that, you know, I remember him and I used to live with him and I, he would come home. And I remember vividly this one incident that led me to the hospital where I was doing the dishes and I didn't wipe, you know, the sink and I left it. I left it wet and he came in from work and he was just very upset because that was kind of like a pet peeve for him. And I was taking a shower and he busted the door open, grabbed me by my hair and just dragged me to the sink and just started hitting me, <gasps> like just took my head and started banging me against the sink. And so and this was my fault. Like and I kept saying to him, I won't do it again. I won't do it again. Right. And so, you know, I kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I won't, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that I that I dry it the next time, et cetera. And so, and that's the way things were. He would abuse me. He would be physically violent with me and I would apologize for it. And Evelyn, I can see you and you tell, telling this and we appreciate your courage and talking about that's very upsetting for you to even talk about it to this day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just think that, you know, one of the things that we had mentioned earlier is that, you know, society puts such a big blame on the women and, you know, such That's a true. huge responsibility, you know, for the women. And one of the things that, you know, you keep going over your head, like, what could I have done? Could I have done something differently? Why did I stay? Why did I stay so long? Why didn't I get help? But you don't realize how fear overcomes you and you don't realize how, you know, your history kind of shapes the way you are. And you continue to to fall into these different relationships that are abusive um, until you over get and over point, again, over and over again. But then what do you say to people who can't understand this this whole syndrome or this whole phenomenon and say, why stay in it? If a guy is mistreating you, why would you want to be with him? When he first starts to mistreat you, why don't you just say, this isn't for me. I'm out of here. Because you're post-traumatic at that point. Well, you're, you're Danny I? There yeah. is. You're but, post-traumatic at that point, and you don't realize that um, you are actually a victim. You re you you feel as though, in order to survive, you have to kind of conform to whatever the pr master of the house is. But I would go deeper into that because I think that for some of us, and I'm not going to speak for all of us, but for some of us, especially those that have a history of abuse, you actually think that you deserve it. You right. think that th you are unworthy of more at some point. So it's right. a self-confidence. It's a self-confidence issue. What Absolutely. about that, Tina Lane? What about that? Uh, yes, I believe it is a self-confidence uh, issue. And I believe that you start to believe that you are the reason why this is happening because you have been manipulated Absolutely. by the person, by the abuser to make you think that you're the reason why he's abusing you. So it's a mental, it becomes a mental uh, brainwashing, brainwashing. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, almost like it a brainwashing. Does. It is. It is. I mean, you know, and the thing is that for abusers, I mean, I have I have a, a background in, in clinical social work. And so for a lot of the survivors, we develop this like dissociative disorder where we dissociate from the trauma in order to bear it. That's right. And so you disconnect so much so that you're not dealing with the pain and you allow yourself to continue into the cycle, but mainly because you don't see a way out. All right. We're going right. to we're going to bring in uh, Jadina uh, Bergstrom. She's an NBC. Uh, the voice you've seen her on there she's a, one of the contestants we're going to talk with her in just a moment but the phones are blazing I'm still going to give out the number 1-800-223-9797 that's 1-800-223-9797 Storm, Veronica, Cindy, Chris Janice, Mike, Choice everyone else that's on hold we're going to get to your phone calls in just a moment tweet us at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers hashtag no more 
what about these what about the dynamic in these relationships these abusive relationships does the victim bear responsibility or is it all on the person that is inflicting the pain let us know what you think hashtag no more at lisa evers at street underscore soldiers and let's bring in jadina bergstrom jadina thank you so much for being with us this morning we appreciate it Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Now, tell us about the tell us about the song that you're writing and that you're working on. So, I myself have been in a situation and a couple of situations where I've been in an abusive relationship, um, and I was lucky enough to get out before it passed any sort of, um, you know, physical, or mental, and emotional abuse to a physical stage. And I was, you know, in one of those spaces where I had just gotten you know, torn down by my um, partner at the time. And I just got out and I went for a swim and I started writing this song. And I realized that in this song, I'm able to, I was able to liberate myself and do what I love, which is music and create music. And, and music so has been my, you know, stronghold and go-to. And that this song, it's called Underwater, would be able to change people's lives and, and empower women and empower anybody who's been or is in an abusive relationship and give them that courage to make a change, get out, save themselves and, and um, you know, empower them. That, that's, that's wonderful. That's what my hope is. That's really wonderful. Now, where can people see you or connect with you if they want to see what you're doing and get involved with it? So... Very easily, um, the website that we're running right now is an Indiegogo campaign that tells you all about what we're doing. We're actually on location right now in upstate New York. It's a snowstorm. It's beautiful, but we're creating this music video. It's smarturl.it forward slash underwater video. And um, we have less than a day to go on the campaign, and it's there will be no violence portrayed in this video. It'll be me through through an abusive relationship without showing violence. So that lone voice that anybody needs to hold on to, I'm going to be that light for them the best that I can, like music has always been for me. So if you guys have a minute, take a, take a second, check out the site. Again, smarturl.it forward slash underwater video. And um, I'm just happy to be able to have that voice. And, and if I can't be that voice for anybody that's going through um, an abusive relationship, whether it's, you know, physical, mental, emotional, because like they said, it starts with an emotional and a mental, uh, and a mental capacity. And it's almost just as bad, and it can be just as bad for anybody in that situation. Jadina, listen, thank you so much for taking time out of the video shoot to call in. Jadina Bergstrom, and uh, you can check her out. Are you on Twitter? You have a Twitter handle you want to give out? Yeah, I'm at Jadina Jean, G-E-D-I-N-A-J-E-A-N, and that's also Instagram, Twitter. Um, we're really excited about this project. There's a huge, huge group of people that are working on this, and uh, I'm so blessed to be able to, to have this song and have this message and to be able to bring awareness to a situation and to a topic that is not highlighted enough in today's society. And thank you again to everybody on this call. It's, it's really liberating to, to hear people that are, um, you know, taking the courage to talk about it. It takes a lot of strength to talk about being a survivor. No, it definitely doesn't. They have to relive those moments as you, as you tell them. Jadina, I want to thank you so much. Follow her on Twitter at Jadina Jean. That's G-E-D-I-N-A-J-E-A-N. And also on Instagram. And Jadina, thank you so much for being with us. You, you guys can listen to the rest of the show in Albany because we, we're streaming live on Hot97.com. So thank you so, so much for calling in. We appreciate it. 
Thank you, Lisa, and thank you, everybody else. All right, thank you. Good luck to her. And uh, l- the phone phone lines are going crazy. I'm going to go through, and all my guests just jump in if you if you feel the need to, because they're they're really going crazy. Uh, Storm from Bronx, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning, Lisa. I just wanted to uh, call and just say a different perspective of abuse. Um, I was a victim of domestic violence with my daughter's father, and um, I realized that uh, reflecting, um, we pick them, and we pick them based off, and when I mean we pick them, when we start dating somebody, I think um, we, we look outward instead of looking inward, outward. Um, when I met him, I was attracted to him. I saw, you know, what I liked in a man, but I didn't get to know that man and allowed that man in my space. And years later, this man showed his true colors after we had a child. And once I had a child with this person, this person became very controlling. And, you know, unless you take that control back, you'll continue abuse. And I just feel like women, we need to really just, you know, set a precedent for ourselves when we're meeting people and getting to know people. You know, we shouldn't just rush in, you know. And um, I have this conversation all the time with people. You know, we meet people. We want to fall in love and have the whole, you know, fairy tale ending. But the reality is that when you meet somebody you really do in this time and age, really need to get to know who you're being with, who, who, who this person is. If this person disrespects their mother and talks down to their mother, or if this person is disrespectful to women in general, and you see that, you know, that should, that should be red flags. And I guess we don't see it until it's too late. But the best thing to do is that when you do recognize that you're in an abusive relationship, whether it be verbal or physical, that you get out immediately. All right, good. You, know, you good, put yourself first. St- Storm, good point about that. What, what about that, Evelyn? I mean, I, I completely agree with her, and I think that now, in a point where in my life where I feel like I'm healthier and I've been able to process some of the, the early trauma in my life, I can totally agree and say, yes, absolutely, we need to take our time, we need to make sure that we know our partners, but what about that person that grows up only knowing trauma, only knowing abuse? So if they grow up in the, so if they're coming up, like if they're abused as a child when they're growing up. Or they just see it as absolutely. a child. Absolutely. They just this see is, it. Then, this is the norm. It right. becomes the norm for them. Right. That's what they're All right, let's go to Veronica from the Bronx. Veronica, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? Good, good morning. I'm fine. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to say thank God that I was never part of a domestic violence, whether physical, verbal, or anything. But my mom was. So I vowed when I got older that that would never happen to me. And thank God so far, and it will never happen to me. But I say, I say that to say that people, women, should not be abused by anybody, whether their skirt is short or little, or whether the man was abused by their father. It Absolutely. does not give you the right. People should be able to dress the way they want and not be concerned whether they're going to be raped if they turn the corner. But okay. women should also respect themselves and not have half of their body parts hanging out to get attention. Because all they're going to get is the wrong attention. It is not the person that was abused Okay, Veronica, I think, you summed, I think you summed up a lot of things there, and everybody's trying to jump in here. I want to thank you so much for the call. 
we, 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 we appreciate it. Tina, what about that? Yeah, no, it's, it isn't the personal fault. And when she was talking about the way you dress, I was thinking about being a teen dating abuse educator. That's one of the things I talk to the young ladies about because sometimes they think because of the clothing that they're wearing, mm-hmm. there's a possibility that's the reason why the person they're dating their boyfriend is abusive to them. So mm-hmm. I have to build with their self-esteem. Like, listen, it's not the clothes that you're wearing. Teen dating abuse is very real. It's like one out of five teens before they graduate from the high school will be abused or may have seen a friend be abused verbally, physically, sometimes sexually. So mm-hmm. it's not what you're wearing. It is the person, it's the abuser who has a problem with it. So when he begins to degrade you and talk about what you're wearing, um, it's too short, it's too long, the color, uh, you can't wear this today. It isn't you, it is him. He's just manipulating you. So we have to... Yeah, let's okay, let's, uh, let's go to uh, check and see what's going on on Twitter. Angelique Tyree, our associate producer, How's uh, how's Twitter? Hashtag no more at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers. Yes, by using that hashtag no more, we have several tr- several tweets. One tweet comes from at woman strengths, who says the male is supposed to protect the female, not be the source of her feeling unprotected and beating down. Another tweet comes from at strong arm NYC, who says there are so many women who call 911 after being physically abused, get the man locked up, then go to court and drop the charges. One other tweet comes from at T Nelson Clark, who says domestic abuse needs to in. Children see it all and hear it all. Eventually, they will act as they see. And one last week comes from Matt Casey 201, who says, when cases like the one in Florida happens, where the abusee has to go to jail for protecting herself, mm-hmm. it makes women not want to seek out help. Alright, thank you for that. And if you want to hit us up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers, hashtag no more. Maya, what was the mindset shift that you had to go through after that, after you were arrested? Uh, it was, you know, <clears throat> I I um I say that the trauma it was I, I actually believe it or not you know the the if a man experiences enough trauma when he goes through it that can cause an attitude shift and I I had some trauma myself I got locked up I was in in Rikers Island and I I I hadn't been sentenced yet I was facing um, some felony time before they dropped before they reduced the charges to a misdemeanor and I actually cared for the person believe it or not I actually did care for the person. That I was abusing, I, I did have strong emotions for her. I did have strong feelings for her, but I didn't. I was not mature enough to even love myself enough to know what love was was enough to actually love somebody and and show her love without abuse. Um, and, but I, I, I say without, I, I say that you know without uh, the trauma, without the heartache. This is Jesus Christ, you know. He he's a protector and and he's he's a shielder and he'll give you the warning signs of somebody. And I, I recommend people to him because that's that's what really rooted me in my change. You know, I could I I changed from I had the attitude shift. I had to had go through certain realizations, and pains, the heartache. The trauma, being locked up, you know, and crying. But was there a point? You know, but was like, there a point where you where was there like a a point where there was a distinct shift in your attitude where you're like, what I did was wrong because I haven't heard that from what you've said yet. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the um, the moment the remorse set in. Maybe hours later, I was driving in the car uh, with my buddies who had helped me pack my stuff and get my things on the run. And, uh, uh, I, I guess you could say I was on the run. I hadn't been arrested yet. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just a moment and I just burst out into tears and realized this is, this is a rock bottom. Like, what am I doing? What have I done? And, uh, I actually, you know, I got a call from the detectives that, uh, there was a complaint on me and I called them back and they said they wanted me to come in, um, 
And when I came in, they arrested me and just going through it. I, I tried to like write her back. And she and she actually this is, you know, this is where I say this is where I, 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 I put some of the responsibility in a woman's hands because it was her stand that she took as a dignified woman. She found her dignity and she she had enough people surrounding her to build her up and say. So you mean to follow through and file charges and to press charges? Well, the state, once it's felony, the, the, the state automatically files the charges. But I mean to reject me, you know, because a lot of women, I, I have family members, you know, a lot of, uh, I, I understand what, she, what she's saying about the, the trauma, but it's a lot of people that don't see their exit when they have it, you know. Right. And she saw the exit and she stopped me from getting back in. I was calling. I was writing against orders of protection. And and she stood up and she had some dignity and said, look, no. And she was graceful about it. You know, so. all right. We need to take a short break. Ellen, we're going to come back and get your comment on that. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We're talking about domestic violence, relationship abuse, violence against women. Where does responsibility really lie? Do victims bear any of the blame or is that just blaming the victim? Let us know what you think at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Hashtag no more on Twitter. Twitter at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers. And let me remind you, Hot 97 presents Nas in concert, bringing you Life is Illmatic Live, Hot 97, and the Tribeca Film Festival are celebrating the 20th anniversary of Illmatic with a documentary and concert at the Beacon Theater. Win your tickets all weekend long. We'll be back right after this. What up? This is Trey Songz and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 97. Ooh, na, na, na. I love that new song. Thank you, Trey. We appreciate that. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at street underscore soldiers. Hashtag um, hashtag no more. We're talking about domestic violence and violence against women. April is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. April's starting this week. Hopefully the April weather will be a little better than the March weather, but it's on its way, I'm told, by reliable sources. <laughs> One day we will see the sun again. But anyway, um, right now we're here. It's it's blazing. Our phones are blazing. one 800 9797 we're talking about this issue of violence against women. It is an epidemic. It affects women of all ages, all races, all ethnic groups. It cuts across all economic lines. It is just, it's something that is there that continues to grow in our society and is affecting uh, many of our teens as well who are growing up in these situations where they're seeing their mother, you know, their mother being abused. So we're talking with our guests. We've got a great panel here with us. We have Danny I. She's a, a recording artist and also an advocate. Mayo Campbell. He is a former batterer who has reformed his ways and here to kind of speak on behalf of the men and help us understand that perspective. Tina Lane, she's a domestic violence counselor for teens. We have Annette with us. She was um, involved in the situation when she was a teenager and growing up. She's going to tell us all about that. Evelyn Mahill, she's the director of Winona's House in New Jersey, a child advocacy center. And on the phone, we're going to talk to, in just a few moments, Anthony Rizzuto. He's a substance abuse counselor because he's going to talk about the connection between substance abuse and also domestic violence but Evelyn when when you were when you were listening to Mayo talking about what you know the the woman pressing charges that she took a stand for herself how did that sit with you unfortunately that's not something that I can relate to I didn't have the strength nor the support system to do that 
And so, you know, it took me um, a very dangerous situation for me to leave and run away, but I was still way too fearful to go back and try to press charges. So I am not one of those courageous women that were able to take a stand and, and press charges. Well, you're courageous because you're here talking about it with us and also, you know, by what you do with your life work with the kids. Well, thank you. I, I just wanted to make a comment about what you said. You know, um, I know that the society gets really harsh on the men and, and I'm not taking, you know, away any responsibility um, from any of the abusers but you did make a good point and something that we really don't raise as a nation uh, you know you said I didn't know how to love myself. And so what we don't realize is that we are raising a generation of men that don't know how to love. They don't know how to love themselves. They don't know how to love others. And a generation of, of women that have been victimized that don't know um, self-worth. And so, you know, that's what you're seeing. In our country, we have over 6 million children victims of abuse and neglect. What we don't understand, what we ch fail to realize is these children will then be adults. And they will be, you know, reenacting that trauma one way or another. So it's if they true. were physically abused and they were verbally well, and abused, I think that's we have an all they know. And I think we have an example of that right now. And that you're in your you're in your twenties now. Tell us about your situation. Okay, so um, when I was a kid, I grew up in a household where I literally will watch my mother and father fight like cats and dogs. I remember there was a time when I came downstairs and my father was getting high. And then the next moment I was watching him bash my mother's head against the wall. And I was holding my baby brother, trying to figure out how we can get out the situation and protect mommy. And we couldn't figure out at that point why she stayed in a relationship like why are you dealing with this I understand that he's my dad but he's treating you wrong I don't get it I don't understand it and then when I would approach my mother she would say to me that's between your father and I stay in a child's place it has nothing to do with you and then as I got a little bit older I said you're wrong it has everything to do with me because it's affecting me too Absolutely. and then it got to the point where I literally um, just built up anger and hatred towards my dad to the point where I told him I said if I ever see you on the side of the road don't look my way for help because I will ride past you like the stranger I think you are and he said well that's fine too because I don't love you either and oh my gosh he would just tell me things like he how he hated me and he would tell me that I was a whore and mm -hmm. you know this is the household I grew up in we would fight physically like cats and dogs and it got to the point where my brother was almost as tall as he was and when that happened it became like another threat all of a sudden he wouldn't challenge my brother and then the challenges he would make towards me would not happen in the presence of my brother and it got to the point where I literally it it kept progressing until I graduated high school and left my house and how did it affect the way your relationships like as a teenager mm -hmm. you know as a girl you're, you're seeing guys right you're, yes. you're going out yes how did that affect your relationships with 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 the boys wow okay i could tell you on so many levels that how it affected my relationship it affected my relationships personally emotionally spiritually i mean um to the point where the guys that i was dating i believed that i was a whore because my dad said i i see I know one because I am one. So you acted mm -hmm. out sexually? So I acted out sexually. They would tell me compliments and I would believe them. And the whole time, mind you, I grew up, my cousins used to envy me and be jealous of me because they felt as though I was the pretty one. And I would say to them, you have no idea how many nights I went to bed 
asking not to pretty not to be the pretty one because I was dealing with sexual harassment at right. school from other students. Like they would just grope and touch and feel on me, and I would never say because you had that reputation. Because I had that reputation even before the reputation started, it was happening. So that was just affirming what was already happening behind the scenes, and then That's having funny. these relationships as I got older, and then to turn around and get married at eighteen, and my husband didn't realize how low my self esteem was. It was like disaster was happening all around me and I was just gun ho for the first guy to tell me that you look good, you were beautiful, I really like you and I sincerely love you because I was looking for someone who would accept me mm-hmm. and wouldn't reject not one part of me because I honestly felt as though my dad did not want me. Well, no, when he's acting like when he's acting like that, what an amazing story and we're going to talk about how you, how you dealt with that too. I have to get some uh, t- some of these phone calls. Let's go to uh, Cindy right now from Long Island. Cindy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Hi, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, I I just wanted to, I guess, speak on, um, because earlier in um, the conversation, you asked a question about women being held responsible. And um, when I was younger, uh, I guess in my 20s or so, um, you know, I had a situation where I was amongst friends and I felt comfortable. It was New Year's and, you know, we're out drinking and having a good time. And you you don't take a second thought to think that something might happen. Um, because you're around people that you trust. And um, that evening, I had the experience of being raped by a so-called friend. Now, um, part of me for a long time blamed myself. Part of me for a long time kept it in, held it in. Um, You know, didn't really talk about it, kind of pushed it to the back and, you know, kind of shut down and um for a long time i I blamed myself you know like right. how can i allow myself to you know yeah. get so drunk or you know to the point that you know i did you know i i i remember i recall you know saying oh i'm i'm, I'm tired i'm done i have to I, you know i have to go to bed and then blacking in and out while the rape is occurring right. oh my god yeah. um so as i'm blacking in and out there's like certain like you know things that I visualize in in my head that uh, you know like I remember certain you know um, another person walking into the room and kind of joking and then leaving the room again and it was that kind of like in and out thing to the point that I just at some point just passed out. So waking up the next morning, realizing what happened, um, you know it it it's it's hard and to you know I actually threw my good friends that, you know, I was able to open up to and talk with and, you know, having to have them kind of um, convince me that it really wasn't my fault. And did you, Cindy, um, I, I got, I'm sorry to cut you off because sure, this sure. is this, I, and I appreciate you, you ha- hanging out for so long sure. and, sh- and sharing your story, but we really have to move on. We, we don't have that much sure, time sure. left in the show. Do you, do you have any advice for women or did you get counseling for, you know, for, for what happened or what was the ultimate outcome? No, I, honestly, I I kind of um, like I said, I just pushed it so far back that I kind of just said, you know, move on. It, it was almost like get over it, move on. Um, you know, just through good friends, I I really kind of vented out and, and spoke with it. But um, I wish I was a little more vocal. I wish I was a little more proactive at the time because you know it did emotionally affect me. Um, and and the way I do handle relationships and have handled relationships. Evelyn, that, you know, what do you what do you say? To, do you have any advice for her? Do you think she needs to still see somebody? At- 
You know, it's hard to um, tell um, somebody who's been through this trauma how to deal with it. I mean, you always want to encourage for them to get counseling. I think that there's like the non-traditional route, right? Sometimes it's just yeah. somebody that you can really trust and somebody you can open up yeah. to. Right. But it really takes a while for, you know, the person that's gone through it to get to a point where you accept that you've been through it and then you go through you know the whole process and the whole journey of like trying to just accept it and, and understand what right. you've been through and then you go through the healing process but there's no one way I mean of course I'll always encourage counseling I think you know I mean I, I, but definitely I, don't just keep it to yourself never keep you it gotta to yourself. tell somebody but right? what we don't Tina, understand Tina's shaking her head yes yeah. yeah you do gotta tell somebody but I think one of the reasons that this this issue is so pervasive is because survivors don't want to speak out one part of it is because we want to pretend that it didn't happen because it hurts so much exactly. and because we're being blamed and we're blaming ourselves so right. it, no, it, it takes a lot I, it, it definitely does so, Cindy happen- thank you oh I'm sorry Cindy thank you so much for the call I I just so happen to be a survivor that actually did go back and, and press charges and That's that awesome. didn't work out for me it didn't work out for me. So, the, 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 in what the, way? What do you mean it didn't? Because he got YO status, which to me is like it's you a slap in the face. Oh. Yeah, okay. it's a slap in the face because those those records are voided after exactly. eighteen, right? Yeah. So, but I have to live with that for the rest of my life, right? So we have a, we have situations where we do have um, women that are strong enough to go ahead and 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 take the take the motions that you were talking about before, and um, because of women that maybe uh, are lying about it, we end up not having a heart uh, having you know support in the court systems and that also can deter yeah, a woman a, that, from actually you know, going and, in and and and, 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 and that's action. an important part let me bring in anthony rizzuto he's a clinical coordinator a substance abuse facility and advocate for more treatment for people with substance abuse problems but he sees a connection between substance abuse and this uh violence against women anthony thanks for being on with us we appreciate it thank you for having me on lisa lisa just for you to know that the other role which is really why i'm on the phone is um, I'm the director of our Power and Control Program, which is a program that provides services to male offenders of domestic violence who also have a substance abuse problem. Um, and I was listening to this whole conversation. It's really interesting. You know, the one part that I would add to what I just heard, and, and thank you for sharing what you shared, uh, Cindy, is that a lot of times when victims come out and they talk about what happened, unfortunately, they get re-traumatized because people, the reaction that people give them, well, what part did you play in it, you know, and why didn't you do this, and why didn't you do that, as if it was my fault that somebody chose to take advantage of me that way. Um, So I'll just add that that piece. All right, let's get to the phones, 1-800-223-9797. Let's go to uh, Money from Newark. Money, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Evers? Uh, I just want to uh, speak on something regarding domestic violence. Uh, now, I commend all the panelists for coming on the show, sharing their stories. However, it's something that we're not addressing. We're not addressing how a lot of these girls uh, are initiators of the violence as well. I myself... Wait, 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 wait. What, what do you mean? Explain what you mean by initiating the violence. Okay, for example, when, two, when a couple gets into an altercation or have a disagreement. I've seen time where a girl would get in a dude face you shut up, you this, you that, you mother F it is like cursing the guy out, provoking him to violence and then what happens is when a guy's when when a guy reacts, then he gets a, a, a bad rap for it. For example, I know everyone saw uh basketball wise, you see how Evelyn Rosada, how she got the big mouth and all this blah 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 but then when a guy reacts to it, now he's the bad guy. So I think Yeah, but wait a minute, you you reacting physically to a verbal provocation. Anthony, what about that, what he's saying? Yeah, well, look, here's what I'll say to 
wall as far as you choose how you're going to respond to that. You know, right. so for you to go ahead and respond to that physically, that's on you. You got to own right. that. As far as the behavior and what she's doing towards you, I'm not going to co-sign that. But that doesn't justify the punch in the face. What about the, right? But what about this? Uh, we got a couple of calls similar to what Money from Newark was just saying about women push the buttons and and well, escalate it. What I, about that? I would definitely not, I mean, I would never, ever, ever put the blame on the victim. Right. However, what we have not talked about is when women are victimizing men. Because right. we do That's have right. women that are physically abusing men, and That's we true. can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're not going to talk about how women provoke, because at the end of the day, you are responsible how you react. So if See what you react, made me, done, exactly, made me no, do is not, is not an excuse. Exactly. That's right. And that's absolutely. what we hear all the time. That's well, right. you made me do this. You, you pushed my button. That's right. Well, no, but also by the, But also by the same token i'm sure we've all seen situations too we we certainly see them in on television is wh where women get into an argument and then they just push the guy or shove the guy but then that's when the woman becomes a physical abuser that's okay. right that's right and oh, that's, that's right man needs that's to right. take a stand oh. and not go into their subscribing and, say, you know and just what? get out you of the do, pull a tiger woods and just get Absolutely. away from there but subscribing when she starts throwing the golf clubs at the wall not enough. i also right. want to i also want to shift sort of the paradigm from blaming the victim to sort of responsibility power in the victim That's responsibility right. is power you know and 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 in certain instances i don't condone provoking you're responsible for your actions so you don't i don't condone um saying she provoked me mm -hmm. at the same time the woman is not the she's, she's not getting blamed but she does have a responsibility to hey don't put yourself in that situation this guy is irate don't do that uh the, the woman and I want to have uh, much, most um, sensitivity to the victim, but the woman who called earlier about drunk, drunken past her own sensibility. You don't. You're not uh, responsible for the rape, but you you are some type responsible of accessory for, being drunk. for not being in your right senses. You're an accessory to to your own. Um, to your own disruption, just like I said, like a so, a, so like if a, a, man, so if a homeowner if a homeowner leaves males, their right? a burglar is a burglar. If a homeowner leaves their door unlocked and their drapes open and the burglar walks in, no, you're not responsible for the burglary, but you have helped the burglar gain interest. You but the thing is that when you say interest. it like that, that's what you do. This is what we constantly do. That's well, right. you know what? You shouldn't been wearing that. You shouldn't have been walking uh, down that alley. I'm, I'm saying, but isn't there? But but but, to, but isn't this the same? Isn't this the same argument that if you're driving your car at, if you're driving at 50 miles an hour <clears throat> the, there's a certain risk if you're driving at 90 in the in the pouring rain at night there's a you're it's, taking even it's, greater it's not risks. blame you give the power talking about risk to, factor to, here to, there there are risk factors i'm saying good i'm saying bad things do happen to good people i'm saying bad things do happen to good people an abuser or a rapist he's going to do the same anyway so i'm not blaming every single victim but i'm saying if you have an Evelyn, opportunity what, to what about what is is that bothering you what he's saying yeah, it, it bothers me when anybody thinks that, that there's anything. I'm, I'm going to take it to the extreme. Mm -hmm. There are women that are coming into our centers or different centers that are prostitutes. And they're getting raped, but because of the type of life that they live, should we say that it is um, that you know they're what about women who are this and they should be you know blamed for the fact that I'm they've not been saying blame. But what about the idea of not putting? You, you I'm trying to be to not trying around. to put yourself in. What about the? But what about that attitude of trying to not put yourself in a situation? In other words, if you're dating, if you start seeing right. a guy and the guy is real is really like absolutely. over controlling We're and he's kind of stalkerish, okay. and you're just like, you know, Tina, what about that warning signs? Yeah, that's basically what you're saying is the warning. 
signs. Yeah, the warning okay, signs. Okay, so when you get started with a relationship, you have to understand that the warning signs may happen. You, and if you see these warning signs, you know about it. You what warning signs do you give to teens? Okay, oh, teens, I always talk about the verbal abuse. Him him calling you stupid at different times, embarrassing you. Uh, the warning signs, if he push you. I don't believe in play fighting. So you got to talk to teens about right. play fighting. No That's play fighting. Right. No okay. play fighting. Um, the verbal abuse that consistently happens over and over again. The control, where you go, I need you to call me. I talk about text abuse, digital digital abuse. That's important. You got to text him all the time. He's on your Facebook. He's on your Instagram. He knows uh, you're every, trying to know your every move. Right. He knows your right. um, passcodes, right. your passwords. He's in your cell phone. So that's important. But it, there's a warning signs that this it, is all about control there, and there violence. Is, but you know what? This is this is what this is what I'm saying. Rape is rape. And right. so, and domestic yep. violence is domestic violence, and there's no excuse for that. If I drive my car right at eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, one o'clock at night, there's a possibility that if I'm driving down a very like you know isolated alley, I may get um, carjacked. If I did, there's a certain level of empathy. If I got raped in that same very place, people are gonna say, "Well, you shouldn't have been driving at one o'clock in the morning right. down this alley." Anthony, so, what about Anthony Rizzuto? What Anthony Rizzuto? What about that? Well, look, I, I mean, I, I think that I agree 100% with that. I mean, we can't we can't put the blame on the victim. And I understand the gentleman was not putting the blame on the victim, but it reminds me back when the situation had happened years ago with, with Mike Tyson and people were asking, well, what was she wearing and right. what was she mm-hmm. doing there at that time there in the morning? Time, yeah. right. Well, the reality That's of it is saying. if a guy went to visit him, you know, and it happened to him, they wouldn't be saying, what was he wearing and what That's was he right. doing there at that right. time? Right. So That's it's right. kind of like Okay, but, it, but, Anthony, but at, the, at the same time, a grown, I mean, she would... If I remember correctly, the woman in that case was 18 years old and mm-hmm. from a preacher's background and, yeah. and not exposed to that whole world right. too much and a little starstruck. But a grown woman knows if you're going to a guy's hotel room after 10 o'clock at night, he's not he's not going to be reading you poetry. That's not what this is about. And, and I would and I would be but, the first one to agree with that. However, the, we, the right we have to be careful. To I'm saying in terms of risk factors. Absolutely. Right, right, right. And that I agree. But we have to be careful on being mm-hmm. able to, you know, Discern. And I'm not passing judgment. I mean, to, we've all done things that were like going, oh my God, thank God nothing worse yeah. happened. You know, or thank God yeah. something right. didn't happen. That was stupid the next day. But the but the, the fact is that this idea of responsibility, don't you think that's something we need to also talk there, about as well? It, it empowers women to say, listen, I'm worth it. I'm worth being with a guy that doesn't yell at me. I'm worth being with a guy right. that doesn't track my every move. I'm worth it being with a guy there that was a, compliments but, but me and supports me. that's a separate issue. Was, that's an issue of right? self-respect, self-worth, right. self-esteem, all of these different things. That's separate from, from risk factors that could lead or put any type of responsibility on the plane for you know on um, the victim right for, okay i wish we had more i wish you we had, you guys them, i hate you to want to give them things to so that they don't repeatedly repeatedly right. put themselves and, in that situation but you situation. can't victimize them okay i hate to i hate guys i time out i hate to do i hate to do this but we're up against the clock i know i hate it but um i i love i love having all of you on and all the phone calls and and chris who called us in from brooklyn says men men get beaten up too chris if you want to hang on the line we'll get we'll get have amber we'll get your number and uh, maybe we can call you when we do the men's show Jay, Mike from Yonkers uh, Choice from NYC Sandy from the Bronx, everybody else that's on hold I want to thank you so much for being with us I want to thank our guests for being with us today artist Danny I, Mayo Campbell cultural commentator I think I think we got a whole other show out of this about images of women in these uh, 
music and in TV, what's yeah. going on with that. Yeah. And also uh, Tina Lane, domestic violence counselor for teens, teen dating violence educator. Annette, thanks for sharing your story with us. We appreciate it. Evelyn Mahill, director of Winona's House. Thank you so much. Yes. Anthony Rizzuto, uh, director thank of you. Power and Control Program. I want to thank all of you for being with us uh, very, very, very much. And real quick. I just want to mention that um, this April 7th and 8th, we're going to be holding a national summit on child abuse and neglect. And of course, this is the core issue of a lot of these issues. Okay. Please. And I'm where can they get more info? At WinonasHouseSummit.com. Okay, great. WinonasHouseSummit.com. And real quick, last tweet here. Do we have somebody good we can end on here? Yes, we do. Um, one tweet comes from Matt Ephraim, who says, Males, not men, will start verbally abusing intelligent women because they know the women deserve better, and that's how Ooh. they can control the relationship. Come on. It's sad how many smart women end up with these insecure men. All Ooh, right. Wow. Amen to that. All right, and I want to thank all of our guests for being with us. And also, I want to I want to thank a very special person, Wayne Mayo, who was one of my my very first producer here. A Hot 97 Street Soldier sent us a card and said, keep up the great work to the whole team that's in here with me now. So, Wayne, we love you. And uh, thank you for always looking out for us and, and your commitment to the community. Also, I want to remind everybody, tomorrow night, 10.30, VH1 is going down. This is Hot 97. We saw the previews. I was at the preview party this week. It is hilarious. It is really great. And uh, if you ever wanted to know what really goes on, that's your chance Your chance to check it out. So uh, i got to thank my whole team here at Hot 97. My executive producer, Tone Capone. Our Hot 97 digital director, Jeffrey Thacker, cooking up big new things for us for the spring. Associate producer, Angelique Tyree. Production assistants, Amber Ravenel. Production supervisor, Andrew Veris. My board op tech support, the one and only TJ. We're in a tie today, TJ. Sunday best. <laughs> Check me out on uh, LisaEvers.com, Twitter, at Lisa Evers. And watch me on the Fox 5 News at 6 and 10 tonight and 6 and 10 pretty much every other day. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. Head down to Melinda.